this hour. The Professionals of Professionalism proudly present Lewis Howard Live. Your crisp communicator with principal insights for pop culture with a tech edge. And now a man who needs no introduction, Lewis. Thank you, Con Williamson. Probably one of the best intros I've ever seen. I have to remind myself he's talking about me. Hey, this is Lewis Howard. You have just joined in to a conversation with Lewis Howard Live. We are an international podcast show reaching around the world. Hey, we're reaching 10 countries. Uh, adding a new one all the time. We're on 15 different platforms that you can hear us from. Uh, been doing this type of program for over a decade, and we have over 540 episodes. It's a library of information, motivation, inspiration, practical insights to help you become the best version of yourself. My greatest goal would be 10 years from now, 20 years from now, people will have listened and maybe reflecting on some of the shows that we have done. Uh, started in my kitchen. Uh, just a few pieces of equipment and a couple of people who joined me and wanted to launch uh, the show. It was called a different uh, name back then. It was Head of the House or something we called. And uh, we started there and uh, went on to be on several local radio, commercial radio stations for several years and changed and um, just have decided that the podcast format uh, works. It's grown and it's becoming, you know, worldwide tool for people to create shows. And so we're happy to be old school in a new school concept because when we started this out, there were very few people doing podcasts. And so uh, it's cool to be part of the conversation. I feel like Snoop Dogg, right? Still doing it after all these years. Hey, today we want to talk about giants, right? Land of the giants, right? Have you ever seen a giant, right? Looked at giants in movies, Man, they can be quite intimidating if you've ever seen what a giant looks. I think the tallest person I ever saw in life was uh, NBA legend Wilt Chamberlain. And Wilt Chamberlain, to me, had to be eight feet tall. I mean, just a big human specimen to see. And when you are walking down the street, you know that this man was coming down the street. Probably the biggest person I've ever seen as a giant. But we have giants in our lives, right? Have you ever been in a situation that scared the crap out of you? I mean, just absolutely took any ounce of confidence that you have ever had, any swag you thought you had, it took it away, right? I remember this... Uh, uh, roller coasters and, and diving platforms were, were my early giants as a kid. I remember getting, you know, always wanting to ride the roller coaster, right? And I grew up in a place that they they call Six Flags over Texas. And they always had the biggest roller coasters. You know, everything is big in Texas. So they always had these big roller coasters. And so as a kid, you know, 11, I wanted to get on that roller coaster. And so we would wait in line 
get on the roller coaster and get up. And it looked fine when we got on because we were at, you know, sea level. But eventually this thing would go up and I realized how high we were and how fast we were going. And I freaked out. I freaked out because I just wasn't ready to face that. I mean, it felt like we were going to fall off the rails when this thing went around. And so what turned out as a fun adventure turned into screaming, yelling, and crying. Get me off. Get me off. Right? Because I just wasn't prepared to face it. And nobody told me what to expect when you got, you know, 75 feet in the air and the thing's going 60 miles an hour on rails. Nobody set that expectation in my mind. So I just freaked out. I couldn't, you know, I just wanted to get off the ride. And uh, I never went on another one for a long time because I just didn't want to face that. And another example I can recall is uh, diving boards. And we had, uh, you go out swimming and we were taking swimming class. And so one of our final deal was we had to go up on this 20 foot diving board and jump off. Again, I'm 11, 12 years old. So I don't know what 20 feet looks like. I have no idea. So I get up on the diving board and I'm up and I look down and I realize suddenly what 20 feet looks like. It looks like a hundred feet to an 11 year old. And I'm, I'm saying, I do not want to go off this. I kept thinking in my mind, I'm going to hit my head. I'm going to drown all kind of things. Sea monsters are going to come up. I don't know what I was imagining, but anything other than a smooth dive off of this thing. And so I got so panicked and fear set, I wanted to get down. So I turned to try to go back down the ladder to get off, but the other kids wouldn't let me come down because the line was all the way down and they would not let me come back down that ladder. So here I am, an 11 year old, afraid as heck, 20 feet up in the air, and I can't go back down and I'm afraid to go off this thing, right? Finally, some kid, right, pushes me. And I go flying off the thing. And it had to be, if you could imagine an ugly dive, <laughs> I did it, right? Because it, it, it was the only way I was going to go off of it. And he pushed me off. And yeah, I faced it. But boy, I sure would have preferred to go back the other way. I think it's how it is in life sometimes. Sometimes we face things that just scare the crap out of us. And we don't want to deal with it. And it becomes our giant. And we don't face it. And we turn and run from it. And we hide from it or we avoid it, but it's still a giant and we still have to face it. So that's what we're going to talk about today is what is a giant? How do I face it? How do I beat it? Right. Um, do I do I negotiate with it? Do I live with it? Do I run from it? Do I act like it's not even there? What do I do if you got a giant in your life? You're going to have to face them. Right. Everybody will have a giant that you will have to face at some point in life. Maybe many of you listening to me have already faced giants and you know what it is to have that thing standing in front of you. Some of you maybe have had a golden life or maybe too young and haven't faced giants. But at some point, you're going to face something that is bigger than you are and then you're going to have to deal with that. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back in, we're intending to continue the conversation on giant slaying. We're going to slay some giants. How do we kill some giants? And so that is standing in the way of my journey, my goal, 
my promise, my hope, my outcome, and I've got something that's standing away. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this message. Lewis Howard of Lewis Howard Live has partnered with Amazon Books to bring you his dynamic, life-changing book. From Here to There is the best-selling biopic journey of Lewis Howard's road from adopted child in poverty to achieving over a billion dollars in real estate assets. Lewis shares his secrets and principles, which helped make his meteoric rise to the top an inspiration to millions. Lewis Howard, From Here to There, available on Amazon Books at createspace.com slash 450-6888. Get it today. Hey, thank you for joining. This is Lewis Howard Live International Podcasting from Seattle. And right now it's, you know, it's still summer and it's looking good. Thank you for joining our conversation today. Maybe you are downloading the show or maybe somebody shared the show with you. We appreciate you giving ear to the conversation. And as always, my goal is to give you one thought, one idea, one motivating concept that can help you become a better version of yourself than we all win. Today we're talking about facing giants, slaying giants, right? We don't think about that in our real life because we don't live in the age of giants. And most of what we see as a giant is in some movie or some fictional version. But we do have giants. They're just not necessarily called by that. Let me tell you what a giant is. A giant is synonymous with anything that is of great size or force or gigantic. In other words, anything that is stronger, larger, and more powerful than yourself is a giant. That's what it is. So anytime you're facing something, right, if, if you got to pay a bill that's $1,000 and you got $10 in the bank, that, that bill is a giant. Because you don't have what it takes to go and just pay that bill without borrowing it, without doing something else, right? If the doctor calls you and says, I'm, I, unfortunately, I got to tell you, you got this sickness, right? You, you, got, you got COVID or you got cancer or you got heart problems. That's a giant because there's just no instant fix to that. That thing is bigger, stronger, larger, more powerful than you and can take you out, okay? That's what giants were known for. They were big. They would just wipe out people because no, there was nothing bigger than them. When something's nine foot, 10 foot tall, what's bigger than them when the average human is, is six foot and shorter? There's no match, right? Uh, an IRS, if the IRS comes down on you and comes down on your finances and they have all of the backing of the United States government and enforcement ability to come at you, that is a giant. That is a giant because you don't have the resources to defend them and stop them when they're coming at you. I know I have been through audits. 
I have had them reach into my bank account and take my money without my permission. Okay? That's what a giant is. So you can name a giant by any other name, but it's still a giant because it's bigger than you. Part of the things as human beings, we don't want to admit or think about facing anything that's bigger, larger, stronger than us. We typically pick on things that are equal or smaller than us. I grew up in the schoolyards, right? And the bully never picked on a bigger bully. He always picked on somebody that was smaller than him, that was weaker than him, okay? That's what giants do. Giant problems pick on situations that are weaker than them, okay? If you've contracted some sort of sickness in your body, it found a weak point of entry, and now it's attacking your system. Talk to doctors about it. Don't just take my word for them. Uh, the doctors will talk to you about your blood cells, your red blood cells, and your white blood cells coming under attack. And if they're not able to rebuild themselves, it'll take you out, okay? With some unknown virus, some unknown thing that you are dealing with. Folks, those are giants. And you have to learn how to fight the giant. Sometimes giants can be, you know, kind of simple. Uh, it's kind of like sports. You know, and you're trying out for a new team. That can be kind of a giant because you got to make the team. You know, NFL players, NBA players, they go through this all the time. They have to come out of college, get drafted, and they got to make the big leap to the NFL. Right. We look at it like it's no big deal. But did you know that most players don't make the NFL? Right. Most of the players that you see in college running up and down the field, they don't make it to the NFL. Right. They can't beat the giant. They can't make the giant leap over. And so sometimes that could be your giant, a new job opportunity. Maybe it's the biggest job opportunity you have ever had in your career. You are intimidated. You don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to do the wrong thing, but you want this opportunity and you got to face it. Okay. You got to interview. You got to say the right things. You got to take the personality test. You got to do the background test and you're nervous at every single stage of it because you don't want to hear no. You want to win the outcome. That could be a giant. You got to face that, right? Sometimes it's just asking somebody out. The girl asking the guy out. The guy asking the girl out. That could be a giant. Why? Because she could say no. He could say no. Screw you. Go on your way, right? We don't want to hear that. So there's risk of failure. There's risk of rejection. There's risk of defeat. There's risk of annihilation. When I was on that roller coaster, I was the fear of falling off that thing right? Made that not a fun experience for me and made me want to get off of it. The fear of drowning, falling off the diving board made me, had became giants to me and that I had to find a way to overcome. So others are more serious giants that we face, right? And like I mentioned, if you get a sickness in your body that you have to, to deal with, I've seen it. I've seen it up close where a healthy person six months later has got a sickness that is just ravaging them. You don't even recognize the person of what this thing has done to their life in such a short period of time, right? And you always hear, they fought it with a lot of courage. They fought it, okay? They're fighting that giant. They're fighting that unknown. And sometimes people win, and sometimes they don't, right? So those are more serious giants that you've got to face. Divorce family loss, financial failures, 
right? This pandemic that the world is going through has become a giant to many people because we still don't know how to defeat the thing. We still don't know how to keep the death count from going down. We don't still don't know how to keep the COVID cases going down, right? So this is still an enemy. It's still something that we have to deal with every single day, um, right among with the politicians fighting with each other, arguing with each other, experts arguing with each other, social change, all these different things going on at the same time as we got a giant of a pandemic out there lurking, still taking people out, right? We got to focus on this. We got to defeat this thing. We should all be united as one to try to support our leaders and our government and medical people to defeat this thing. Not getting on news, throwing rocks and grenades at each other. It's just not helpful, right? If we really want to defeat the thing, if you really want to win. Now, there's some corners, and I hate to say this, and I'll probably get some criticism of this. I don't think they want us to win. I think there's a few people that would like for us to live in this state of chaos and confusion and disruption and division forever because they'll benefit from it. But I think most people are kind of tired and sick and tired of being sick and tired. And they're just tired of it. And they want this thing to go away. It's mentally exhausting to constantly hear about something that just won't quit and won't go away. Right? So... It's bigger, it's stronger, it's larger, more powerful. No matter what the giant is, you're going to have to face it, and you got to face it with either faith or you got to face it with fear. So let's talk about fear, right? I rarely talk about fear because I don't like to promote fear, but I realized in, in preparing for this show, as a young man, I had a lot of fear in my life. I had a lot of things I was afraid of. I had a lot of things I wouldn't confront, right? I had a lot of bullies I didn't take on, okay? And as a result, I lost a lot of early battles in my young years because I didn't want to face giants, and I didn't know how to face giants. I didn't know how to face bullies. I didn't know how to face people that pushed you around. I didn't know how to face people that did, you know, wrong things to you. I just didn't know how to deal with it. So most of it I faced with fear, okay? Now, if you're facing a giant with fear, it's going to create confusion, right? If you walk up against something and the IRS says you owe us $100,000 and you got 30 days to pay it, you're in confusion because the first thing you know is I don't have $100,000 sitting in the bank, how am I going to get $100,000? Why did I owe $100,000? Where's the $100,000 going for? And all of a sudden now, you're having all of these internal conversations with yourself, right? So confusion is saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know who to call. What, what happens? How do you do this? Do I file bankruptcy? What's going on? So now I'm in confusion, okay? The doctor calls me and says, hey, you got this thing going on in your body, and if you don't take care of it, you may not live another six months. You may not live another year. All of a sudden now, I got confusion going on in my mind. What happens? I just had an employee go through this, right, where they thought they had you know, something more serious, and they had all these tests and all these things that they had to go through, and they were afraid because all of a sudden they're thinking about you know, life without their family and, and, their, and their children growing up with them. All of the things is going through their mind, creating confusion. Do you know during that 30 days, she wasn't a good, effective employee? Why? Because she's trying to battle this 
giant, but she's battling with fear and she's battling it with confusion, right? And so that's one of the things that happens when you are facing things that are bigger, stronger, larger, more powerful than you. The other thing is self-doubt. Do I have what it takes? Can I win this thing? Is it going to beat me or am I going to beat it? Right? And the first thing is intimidation starts to set in and you start to compare what you have and who you are compared to it. And the worst thing starts to happen when you're dealing with this, you start to hear other people's stories. Okay. Other people who fought the giants and lost. Other people who fought cancer and lost. Other people who had heart problems and lost. Other people who had financial failures and lost. You know, my brother had that and he's gone. Right? Now that's in your head. Okay. So now you're looking and thinking, going, oh my God, I don't stand a chance. I don't stand a chance at this thing. Right. And then last thing, part of it when you're dealing with fear is it paralyzes you because I don't know what to do. Right. I don't know what to do. So now I do nothing. I, I'm just, I'm stuck. You ever seen somebody with a paralyzed look in their face? We affectionately call it deer in the headlight look, right? And they're just startled. And they just, you know they don't know what to do. And you know they're not present. And you have to shake them and go, hey, hey. And then all of a sudden they come back because they're, they're paralyzed. Fear paralyzes. Fear paralyzes confuses. Fear intimidates. There's no way to beat that giant if that's your basis of thinking. There's no way. I, I, have, I have been in a lot of fights and I didn't win any of them through fear. Okay? I just did. So I think that's a tough way to face it. Uh, people do it. But what happens is you start to compare yourself with the problem and the size of the problem and your ability to handle the problem. And you're going to do one of two things. You're going to say, I'm no match for this fight. Okay. And sadly enough, many people do that. And they just say, I'm no match. I'm out. And however out looks for them. And I don't really want to go into all the ways that out looks for people. But when they decide that they are no match for the fight, sometimes they take themselves out. They're just out. Okay. They just would rather go out than deal with the size of that problem. Others will raise the white flag and surrender. Okay. You know, in battle, if anybody of you know more about war, you know that it's a point that if the other side is losing and you're prevailing, typically they do what's called raise the white flag. That's a surrender. That means that no moss, right? There's a great boxing history lesson with uh, Sugar Ray Leonard and Roberta Duran, great fighters. And Re Duran beat the snot out of Sugar Ray the first time. And in the second round, Sugar Ray went after him. He had bulked up, trained up, and he was ready. Two rounds into that thing, Roberta Duran says, no moss. Raised the white flag. No more. I don't want to fight anymore. And that's it. That was the end of the fight. Right? So sometimes that's what people do, is they just raise their hand and say, no more. Right. I'm going to surrender. I'm going to give myself over to the problem. I'm going to give myself over to the giant. I'm going to try to negotiate a surrender with them. Right. And as we've learned in our modern culture is you can't negotiate with evil. You can't negotiate with terrorists. You can't negotiate with this pandemic. You can't negotiate with it. It will still take you out. Right. And so facing things in fear is probably one of the least effective ways to defeat the giants in your life.
Okay, you're gonna have to find another way, right? You're gonna have to find a way. All right, no, another way you can face a giant is with hope, right? I am a believer in hope. I I am. I, I'm just I'm a firm believer in hope. I just officiated. Uh, a wedding here recently, and it's one of the things that I shared with the bride and groom. And I said, "Look, hope is a good thing, and no good thing ever passes away, right?" And I do believe that. I do believe that hope is like an anchor to a ship; it will stabilize you. Right? I think if people don't have hope, you're just floating out there. You're not gonna make it. You have to hope you reach your dreams. You got to hope you finish. If you start running a race or a marathon, you better have some hope you're going to get to the finish line or you're wasting your time, right? If I start school, I got to hope that I get to graduation. I hope that I graduate and get the degree and we can't walk across the street these days, virtually raise the, you know, the cap or whatever, you know, they're doing these days with what we're going through. But I got to have the hope. There's no way to even have a shot at defeating any kind of problem that's bigger, stronger, larger, more powerful than you, or a giant if you don't have any kind of hope. Forget about it. Then you might as well surrender. Then you might as well give up because you don't have a chance. Okay? So surrendering is, is uh, hope is awesome. Surrendering is not awesome. Hope is awesome. Right? Because it'll hold you in place. Hope will hold you in place until you can get you know, enough strength or help or something. Uh, think about people who get stranded uh, out on the water. There have been many stories of people that have been stranded in plane crashes, uh, boat capsizing, and they've been out there for several days and in some cases, weeks. I recall a story of a uh, 13 or 14-year-old Somalian girl, and she was on a pl uh, flight and the flight crashed, everybody on the plane died, except her. And it was kind of in a remote location, so it took them some time to get to her. She was out there by herself for like, I think going on two weeks, right? How did she survive that? Was she lucky, right? Was, did she have enough fear to just, you know, sustain her? No, when they asked her, she says, I hoped. I wanted to see my sister. I wanted to see my dad. So that hope is what sustained her and kept her. There's another famous story of uh, three NFL players um, that went out on Florida and a college player. And they went out and the boat capsized. And three of the NFL players, they held on for a while and then they lost hope. The thing started to mess with them and three of them just floated away. One guy held on out there for seven days until the Coast Guard could come out and rescue him. And they asked him, how did you keep yourself going watching your three other friends float away and surrender to this situation? He said, I kept hope. I kept hope. I kept seeing myself getting back to shore. I kept seeing myself getting back to land, kissing my mom and girlfriend. I kept seeing that, right? So if you're in a situation, you got to see something other than gloom and doom, right? You got to force yourself to see a positive outcome. That's really what hope is, okay? But having said all of that, hope still won't be the giant. It just won't.
because hope won't stop problems from coming. Hope will not stop the storms, right? You, you hear people say, I hope this doesn't last too long. I'm a hoping and a praying, okay? I hope they come up with something quickly to deal with this COVID. That's all a different kind of hope, but that hope is not going to stop what the pandemic's already doing. Okay, if you got problems and something is attacking your body, hoping it stops is not going to stop it. Medical treatment and 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 natural path or whatever path you that is what's going to stop the thing. Not sitting around and hoping. Okay, it's great to have the optimism. Like I said, it's an anchor, it's a piece, and you need that. But it is not going to be enough to take a giant down. Hoping the IRS stopped bothering me and forgive my debt didn't make it happen. Just didn't. I wanted it to. I was hoping it went out that way. But unfortunately, it didn't happen the way I wanted. So hope is a good thing and it's and you need it in your life. But it is not going to be the ultimate thing that slays the giant and defeats the problem. Hey, we're going to take one more break. And when we come back, we're going to share with you the insights. What does it take to slay a giant? What does it take to slay a big problem, a big challenge that I'm facing? Hey, this is Lewis Howard Live. Stay with me. We'll be right back for the wrap up and uh, give a shout out to some of our sponsors. The Millionaire Club Charity is one of Seattle's oldest existing charities. In addition to job placement and employment services, the Millionaire Club provides job training and licensing to help workers become qualified and job ready, from nutritious meals and sack lunches to housing assistance to stabilize their lives. Despite its name, the donors to the Millionaire Club are ordinary citizens with a desire and passion to help fellow citizens overcome the barriers of employment and housing. For more information, call 206-728-JOBS or go to millionaireclub.org. Hey, thank you for joining the conversation. Hey, we're going to wrap up the show and I hope that you have gained some insights from how to face problems. There's no champion. There's nobody that maybe you look at and you admire, pick a name, pick a, pick a area. I guarantee you that to get where they got, they had to face some giants, right? You want to go to Hollywood and you want to be a big star. That's a giant. You are nobody. You from Kansas. Nobody knows you in Hollywood and you want to become a great actor or a great actress. That's a giant. It's a giant overcome there. Many people go, they don't make it. We've talked about the sports analogy where people want to get into sports and many people don't make it. Right. We celebrate the people that do. And we try, I think some in our mind act like, well, everybody can be a LeBron. Everybody can be, be a Steph Curry. Everybody can be a Russell Wilson. Not so much. Not so much. And if you don't believe that there's a program on ESPN called uh, The Draft, you know, Football Life, uh, I believe was one of the names. But it's about all the stories of NFL players that don't get drafted, that don't make teams. And that gives you a reality of what sports is really like, right? Sometimes we get so wrapped up in the people that win, and we think everybody can do that. Everybody can be a Michael Jordan. You can't do that. Everybody can be a Bill Gates, right? No, that just doesn't happen like that. Everybody can be uh, Amazon. Mm -mm. Doesn't happen that way. Not without slaying 
and giants in your way. So we've talked about how you can face giants. You can face it with fear, right? Probably less of a chance you're going to win if you do that. And you can face it with hope. I think it anchors you, at least stabilizes you in a thing, but it's not going to take the giant out. The only way that I have found in my experience, in my life, that you can take a giant out is with faith and confidence. You got to have those two. If you're going to climb in the ring with Mike Tyson, you better have had some faith and some confidence. Otherwise, you were going down in the third round. Okay? So if you're going to face something, it must be done with confidence. You know, as a child, we all learned the story, at least I did, of David and Goliath. And David was this young boy, this one kid, shepherd kid, and came up on the battle, and there was this giant called Goliath that was defying the armies, threatening to attack him, wanting somebody to come down and fight him. And uh, some descriptions say that he was close to 10 foot tall, that he had 126 pounds of, of armor on, just a formidable force. Can you imagine confronting something that, that big? And had been a warrior since his youth. Okay, that's a triple threat. He's big, he's well-armored, and he's well-trained. Okay, how do you beat that? How do you beat that if you are David with a sling and some stones? How do you do that? Would you face a giant in that condition? I don't think most of us will. I think we know how the story is, and we said, yeah, I would do it. But what about the giants in your own life? Think about the giants that you face right now that are bigger, stronger, more powerful than your bank account, than your credit score, than your height, than your stature, than your intelligence. How do you feel about that? Okay, that's what's real. Okay, it's not real reading somebody else's life and how they overcame a giant and trying to appropriate that to your situation. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. But as a kid, we love that story. Because this kid had a secret weapon, right? The reason why David was able to beat Goliath, as we understood it in our stories, is that David had a secret ingredient. If you want to beat a giant, you need a secret ingredient. You need something that the giant doesn't know about you or doesn't know that you have. That means that you have to keep your presence of mind when you're in that situation. You can't be too preoccupied on the giant that you're forgetting about what you have. Okay? And so David understood that he had an ingredient, right? Number one, David was a warrior. Okay? The story doesn't really talk about that, but David was a warrior. Okay, he was a young warrior, but he had been a warrior. Maybe not to the scale of what the giant had been, but he'd been a warrior and he was trained, right? And so, but the big weapon was he was a servant of the God of angel armies whom the Philistine was attacking. So David reasoned in his mind, you don't stand a chance because I got a secret ingredient on my side that you don't have 
on your side. And I'm willing, through my faith and confidence, come at you and take you down based on the secret ingredient. What is your secret ingredient? What do you have that your competition doesn't have? What do you have that your problem doesn't have? One of the things I learned in the last couple of years as I battled to take control of my health, one of the things that I had that, that, that the problem didn't have, I had persistence. I was, I was going to show up every day. You can't wear out a person that's willing to show up every single day. Okay? The reason why I won a lot of my problems is my persistence. I wouldn't give in and I wouldn't give up. I kept showing up every day. Win, lose, or draw, I showed up. And eventually, it turned the corner. So you must be present to win. You can't be hiding in a cave. You can't be surrendering. You can't be on the run to win. You must be present. But you must understand you got a secret ingredient. Find your secret ingredient. I will never go in to fight anything that is stronger and powerful than me without my secret ingredient, okay? Mine is the divine. Mine is heaven, okay? Whatever yours is and whatever you call, you need that if you want to beat a giant. You want to take down a giant, you're going to have to have that because you in yourself, you're right. You're not enough. There ain't enough of you to beat something that is twice your size and twice your experience and twice your strength. You're going to have to have health, okay? And so I understand that. And so the first thing I think about is, where's my health? Okay, I got this problem. Where is my help and how are we going to take this thing down? And I've won so many battles, I can stop counting them at this point. And they're all principally the same. I never went in alone. And whenever I went in alone, I got my head handed to me. Okay, So never try to fight it in your own strength. Get friends, get family, get your posse, get your squad together. Because somebody in there is going to be wise enough to know where the real help is going to come from. Don't ever try to go out at it alone. David in the story ran out alone, but he was not alone. And that's what the giant didn't understand. All he saw was a 17-year-old boy. Okay, But there was a whole lot more that was unseen to the giant. And when he got that rock in the middle of his head and face down, he probably realized it. Oops, I underestimated my adversary. Isn't it nice that when something is bigger, stronger, larger, more powerful than you, and you take it down, and it looks at you with honor and respect and says, I underestimated you. I've had it happen more times than I can count because they didn't think I had what it take to win. They didn't think I had the stamina, but I beat them. And they were, they were forced to have to say, you're a better man, or we were wrong. And I've, I've taken on countries, banks, institutions, governments, people, companies, all of them, principally. I want everyone the same single way. So in your life, whatever giant you face, you can win. As long as you don't try to battle it by yourself and try to battle it in fear and think that hope alone is enough, you can win this thing. Get your confidence up. Build your faith up, right? Get help from heaven, the divine, whatever you call your spiritual peace, you got to have that before you go into battle to fight something, especially something that's unknown, right? It's, it's one thing to fight something that's in your face. It's another thing to fight something that's invisible. You can't even see it. You don't even know where it is. How do you beat that? You can't see cancer, right? You can't see a heart attack. 
You know, you can't see, you can't like telegraph goes, oh, it's, it, it's over there. It's 10 miles from me. No, it doesn't work that way. So you've got to have something that surrounds you and protects you that no matter what comes your way, it's going to fall. Okay. I believe that. And I want to encourage you to get, listen to the show a couple times. Sometimes you got to listen to a couple times and you'll get a couple points. And I hope that will help you become the best version of yourself. Thank you for joining another edition of Lewis Howard Live. We'll be back to do something fresh, innovative. We'll have some upcoming guests. We've got some great young men we're going to put on the show uh, that are uh, entrepreneurs. They're millennials and they're doing it big time. And we're going to get them on the show. And of course, we're going to have my doctor, Frank, who was on earlier part of the year talking about COVID successes and, and, and challenges and, and renovation of your life. And of course, our friend uh, Leon McLaughlin will be back with us. Uh, so we want to kick off fall. And of course, my new book, uh, Holding Your Crown, Staying Steady in Unsteady Time is coming out. So the next three months going to be a gas. You want to stay with the show and keep telling a friend to tell a friend to check out that guy, Lewis Howard, live from 